Happy Thanksgiving, my sweet imposters. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Courtney Heater. If you are not listening on Thanksgiving, maybe you're listening during the weekend, maybe on Black Friday or the week after, but either way, I really hope that you enjoyed it. Hope that you enjoyed your time with family, if that's the thing that you do, or you spent time playing video games in the basement, if that's your thing. I hope you liked it. I hope you ate good food. I hope you remembered the actual origins of Thanksgiving and took some reflection, not to get political, but we we all know by now. Anyways, I... I'm wishing you a very happy holiday season. We're scooting into it. I have a candle burning as we speak, and I'm super excited for the cold season. I'm a cold-blooded baby. But I just also wanted to talk about, during the holiday season, no better time, quitting your job, quitting your 9 to 5, and becoming an entrepreneur. Because guess what? You are qualified to be an entrepreneur if you want to. I am chatting with a firecracker of a woman, Gabby Ionello today and she's going to take us through her journey into quitting her nine to five this year and then starting her business the corporate quitter all in the span of literally a few months so she's quite amazing she has really what it takes to tell you exactly what she did how she believed in herself to do it And you should believe in yourself to become an entrepreneur as well. And you can do it. It's going to be a really good time. Warning, there is cursing in this more than any other episode so far. I think we're going to manage because it's very fun. And I don't think any child would be quitting their nine to five anyways. So they might not be listening to this. So we might be fine. While we're at it with our cursing, I'm just going to lay down some smack talk because we're starting the holidays and that's when you do that. Die Hard, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. That you, you, you can never change my mind. It's just not a Christmas movie. End of story. You're very impressed with yourself, aren't you? I have my moments. All right, let's go. Gabby is an entrepreneur and the host of Corporate Quitter, a podcast designed to help people drudging through their nine to five find new meaning in the word work. Are you looking to start a podcast? I can vouch it is very fun. Are you looking to start an online business? Are you looking to get more out of what you determine to be your purpose? Then Gabby is definitely the guru for you. She founded Corporate Quitter mid-April and then she launched it May 1st, but also her last day at her corporate job was February 15th. All of that is in this year. She is not only an entrepreneur, but one hell of a go-getter. Probably (laughs) does not take no for an answer. Gabby, thank you so much for joining me on You're Not Qualified. I'm excited to talk about drowning out the noise of other people's opinions and just doing you. That's really what this podcast is all about, running after your passions and to hell with qualifications. So you are fresh out of the corporate world for give or take, starting Corporate Quitter in May. Tell me about that journey and we can kick it off. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I so support what you're doing. And as you've seen with the great resignation, it's just people are fed up with what's going on and we're done like being told, no, we can't do something. So a lot of us are just like creating paths for ourselves where we've gotten those not qualifieds or no's before. Um, So that's a really cool time to be in. But so my journey started and I was in corporate for about five or six years. I job hopped aggressively because I was always feeling dissatisfied, kept getting the not qualified. So I was like, okay, I'll move on. Then if you guys aren't going to give me the job, I'll just find another place. And luckily I did. But it was as like many people when COVID hit last year, it was like a wake up call. Is this really what I want in my life? Like at that point, I had gotten the cool up promotion at my job. I was in marketing for a real estate developer. Super cool. 
a lot of great things going on. And I also, at the same time, coincidentally, a week before the lockdown happened in the US, I signed a lease in Manhattan for a brownstone apartment that I beat out 11 people. So I was like feeling like the shit. Like I, oh wait, can I curse? Of course. Okay, okay, just making sure. Yeah, so I felt like the shit because I got all these things. I hit the check marks and I did it all on my own through like just that's front incredible. work. It's a cool thing. But then yeah. of course, like I get in, it was this moment of like, that's it. This is what I've worked quote unquote so hard for. It was just for materialistic things. And also the team I was working with wasn't that great. Like they were a little bit toxic. So it just- as the year progressed, the, the role got more challenging. The people got more challenging. I got roaches in my apartment. It was just like a lot of things that were just like, okay, I need to reinvent my life. It's time for a change. What other time than now? In August of 2020, I started to like really experiment. So I was like going through Craigslist, seeing if there were like random gigs or things that I could try out. I purchased courses on like blogging and SEO and just did all these things to dip my like my toes in the water, essentially to see, okay, what is sticking? What is interesting to me? Mm -hmm. And so coincidentally, podcasting came about, as I had shared before, I found this guy who needed a, basically a guest for his podcast. I felt called to say, you know what, let me try. I've never done it, but I can't be that bad. So of course I did one with him. We formed a great relationship and I continued to do a couple more episodes with him through the end of the year. And so once January came around, I was like, okay, I want to do a podcast, but maybe like next year, maybe two years from down the line when I'm like more qualified, when I have more things under my belt or something like that. As life likes to have with us, plans don't go to plan. Thought I was mm -hmm. going to stay in corporate for, I don't know, until I'm like in my thirties and pregnant or something. Nope. Decided like after a foot injury and me actually loving the fact that I got a foot injury and didn't like, couldn't go to work, that it was the most amazing thing that I was like, that's a problem. Oh, so that's a sign. Yeah, I know. I know. And I was pretty upset over Christmas break because I just didn't want to go back to the office. Another red flag, but it took the foot injury to be like, if I continue to go down this route, it's just, it's going to be so bad. I'm going to be unhealthy. Like not great. Like already in a bad place to begin with time to move on. So without a plan, but just knowing like it'll work out because I'm following my gut. I just, I basically put my two weeks in after that foot injury in January and by February, like the 15th, I basically was out and was like, okay, now what? So that was always, that it was super nerve wracking to try to like, yeah. Yeah. But it's like a toxic relationship. Work is like a relationship that you have with a person in my yep. opinion. And it's, if you take that step back and one, you don't even miss work, you don't miss the person. And then you realize that you are happier without it. Then yep. sometimes you just have to jump even without a safety net. And I'm glad that you did. Yeah. But so then according to all of the crappy naysayers and all the shit you went through, what made you unqualified for what you were doing in the corporate world? Yeah, it was mostly my background. So I went to school to be a teacher. My parents were like, you're good with kids. There's a pension. I didn't know what I was going to do. Honestly, who the fuck knows what they want to do at 18? Come on, you're going to do that for the next 50 years of your life. No, okay. that's where we were at the time. Choosing your career for life. So teaching would be great. So of course I go into it, graduate with student loan debt, realize I can't get a corporate, like a job, basically being a teacher. And even if I did, the pay is terrible. Could never move out of my parents' house. So I was like, okay, I need to get a corporate job. But right, because I had a teaching background, everyone was like, you're not qualified. You can't do that. You mm -hmm. don't have the background. You can't sit at a desk, even though prior I had been a receptionist in my parents' office. So like I knew administrative stuff, but they would never take me. So my way to get into like the city and be in corporate was actually I was a nanny for a little bit, which got me the in. I got the reference from like the higher ups because the family I was working for was like the dad was in tech. The mom was at like a banking institution. So I had that in my belt as like a reference for people to vouch for me in the workplace as someone oh, yeah. who could do things like efficiently and, and like professionalism and all that. But then my like actual way to get into corporate was I went and did real estate. So I, which was crazy because I lived in New York city, the most expensive and most cutthroat city in the world. I don't know. I was thinking I 
went on a 10 day silent meditation retreat and came back. I was like, I can do anything, quit my job and literally started doing real estate. And that actually went pretty well the first month. I got a deal very quickly, which was like something that people don't usually do. So I was like, this is great. This is a great start. I ended up long story short, my, the person I was working with, she ended up like basically leaving. So I didn't have my mentor anymore. She decided to travel the world. Things didn't go to plan. Didn't get the clients, lost my apartment, had to move back. I was really worried that she was talking about that brownstone apartment that she beat out 11 other people for, but thank God it wasn't that apartment, but still a bummer that she lost her apartment. This is another time. (laughs) So this is is not my first rodeo. I like, I I thrive in risk situations, but that's why this time around I moved back at my parents because I'm like, okay, I've already done the shameful thing of fucking up and losing the apartment and losing the savings and having the credit card debt. Like I want to start from a bet. But so that was like my in to get into this, into corporate was doing real estate because now I have a legit company under my belt. So a couple months later, right after I like got out of my pity party and like maybe saved up a bit of money, I actually went back into the city and that was like how I got my first administrative job. Oh, okay. but it was a lot of jumping through hoops, as you can tell, like to just basically prove that I could even get an interview. Cause at first they were like, again, you're not qualified. You don't have the skills. You don't have the, the degree. We're not going to bother. Yeah. I can't even imagine too, in a city like New York where yeah. they have the cream of the crop to choose from for corporate worlds. Yeah. It's like Seattle in the tech industry. If you don't have the chops, yeah. If you don't have the exact background, you might not have a chance. Yeah. So that's incredible that you just kept on going. Just- yeah. And the hard part was like, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. Like my resume didn't really translate to being right. Successful, like smart, yeah. like capable. But when I got into a room with someone, I could sell you in a minute. I, I exude confidence. Like I know what I'm talking about, but it was getting into the room. That was a problem. Yeah. So once I was able to have those conversations and make connections with recruiters and really build my network, that's when things became a lot easier because people in the, like the space, like New York were able to be like, Oh, this person's legit. I can vouch for her. And I'd have a long reference list, if not projects that I could basically like cross reference. So that was good. That is, that's really helpful. Thank goodness yeah. for them. They're good. people. Yeah. 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 But as you too, it just, that's, it helped, but it wasn't the end all be all. Yeah. Like, um, I, so over the years of me job hopping, because I want right in New York city is so expensive. It's two grand for an apartment, so much money. I like had to job hop because I needed pay raises. There was no way if you stay at a company for too long, you're going to get 3%, but with inflation, 5% doesn't work out. So it's like, okay, the quickest way for me to make money is to job hop. Even though again, people are like, you can't do that. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyway. It also looks bad on a resume, blah, blah, blah. I know, but yeah. fuck that. Yeah. I'm do it. I started off in Manhattan with, I think my salary was like 45,000, very bare minimum wasn't taken in anything. I couldn't afford shit. So after two months, I was like, this isn't working. I need to make more. So I actually was able to job hop to a startup where I was making 60, which was like, great. 20 K more. Awesome. After about 11 months, I was like, okay, I've hit a cap. I, I want to learn about money. I want to learn about the serious part of business, wall street. I want to pivot again. And I want to make a lot more money because that's where the money is in investment banking, like finance, things like that. So I got a job there so that I was up to 75K. So, right, I was like slowly moving towards the six figure mark so I can actually afford something. And that was in the span of like maybe two years, not even. So I went from making like nothing, broke as hell, had to move back into my parents. Everyone's saying you can't fucking do anything because you're useless to like, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to figure out how to do it, fucking do it. And I did. Yeah. Yeah. You're 
So your drive-in and your grit definitely is just like, it's exuding through the screen right now. (laughs) But for those that cannot see you, I'm sure they can hear that you're like, I'm never, ever going to take no for an answer. And if I want something, I'm going to fucking do it. But for all those people that were telling you, I'm not going to even interview her because she doesn't have XYZ on her resume. This is a joke. How did you push forward with everybody telling you you can't? Like what inside of you was just, I'm still going to do it. Yeah. Part of it was recognizing really early on, and I'm sure you get this too, and a lot of other people, is that when you're constantly met with like blockages, things not budging, things not moving, that's when you like, okay, you recognize either that you have to try to find a back door or a side door, essentially, like maybe finding a recruiter who can get you in or connecting with someone on LinkedIn to find the connection. So your resume, instead of getting put through a screener, like actually gets in front of the right people because you have the connections lean on it. Someone internally will always do better than any type of platform that you submit something on. Mm-hmm. So there's that way, but then there's the other way of it's just not the right time. So it's time for me to try something different because about a year before I got the investment job, like the job working at the investment bank as an executive assistant. I had tried for a different company, same role, and it was just not budging. Like I was waiting to interview. They wanted to, they were going back and forth. They're like, we're not sure. Like you sound exciting, blah, blah, blah. Immediately. I was like, this is not a great idea. I can understand that there are times to push, but this, if they're already so hesitant and they're displaying these characteristics, I don't fucking want to be there. I deserve better. And the great thing about job hopping is you get really good at like interviewing. So it came to a point where I was able to sell myself so well. And that's probably why I'm doing well. My podcast and stuff is because. I had to do it for so many years because everyone was like, you just, you can't do shit. Like you are so not capable. You're just an admin. You are the bottom of the totem pole. Essentially. You're the scum of the earth, the the gum on the bottom of the shoe, essentially Mm -hmm. in the the basically corporate world. Ugh, gosh, note to self. Don't try to go into finance (laughs) in New York. No, it's not. It's listen, it's not. Um, there are great things about it. I actually worked with a really phenomenal team. They were super respectful. They were very unique. And I'm so grateful that I got to work with them, but it is very, it's very difficult, right? You have to continually prove yourself. You have to continually fight for things. I was very aggressive in my approach to be in certain rooms. Like for example, I worked for a capital markets and treasury team, which I'm a teacher. I don't know shit about money. So like for them to put me in that team is kind of like, okay, I can handle it because I can handle personalities. I can be the jack of all trades, but I don't know anything about this. So I would actively say to them, hey, I might not know what you're talking about, but I can take notes for you as a starting point. And then maybe it can help later on. They're like, yeah, that'd be great. So I I was able to get into rooms that I wasn't normally by offering up my free time to contribute in a way that made sense. Because right, I don't have skill sets in hedge funds. I don't have skill sets in like currencies, but I do have skills in like typing really fucking fast. So I'm going to utilize the skills I have to like make it beneficial to the point where like basically a year later, I remember taking two weeks off to go travel. And they were like, Oh, it was so difficult when you weren't here. They would wait for me if I was late to that meeting because they needed me to be there. So that's a really good place to be when people start leaning on you. But right. It took three years of like me fighting through corporate to try to get any sort of recognition. And I was the person they were going to pass on. And yet I became one of the most valuable assets for the team and for the company. Yeah. And that's such a good point. We talk about transferable skills a lot in terms of putting that on your resume, speaking to all of those skills that you learned somewhere else and doing it in person is even just as impactful, right? Like you're getting in there and you're saying from academia, which I think academia is really great for learning a lot of really cool things. And one of those is typing fast. 
Yeah. <laughs> taking really quick notes and making sense of gibberish, basically. Yeah. It's what you have yeah. to do in academia. Gabby did determine that the corporate world that she was in was not really for her. She still had to make it work for her while she was in it. So she would take on these jobs that nobody really ever thought that they actually needed. And I can tell you from my personal experience, having a, a dedicated note taker is really valuable, especially in a meeting where you're talking about something that is vital, needs to get done, needs really solid next steps that have delegated tasks to other people. Somebody needs to write that down, needs to delegate all of that stuff after the meeting, because once you leave that room, your mind's on to the next meeting, right? So she went in, she realized, this is what they need, this is what I can do really well. And she could put that on her resume too, and then she has people vouch for her as well. And she'll talk more about that, but just never, ever discount the little things that you can offer no matter what position you're in, even if you don't want to stay in that position, but you need to make nice for the time being. You always have something that you can offer. There's always something you can offer. So you just nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And like another thing too, is you always want to make yourself marketable. So in one sense too, like I was with this team and I was seeing, okay, I'm gaining traction by like trying something new, using a different set of skills to flip the switch a bit to show that I'm actually valuable. I actually went and got my, I'm blanking on the term, damn, not, I didn't get my lawyer notary. I got my notary license because there wasn't, yeah. So I used company money to go and I got approved and everything went and became a notary and everybody on the floor. And we were in a 600 person office. It was a huge office. People from different floors and all over, they couldn't get access to a notary. So they would come to me. And all of a sudden I became a buzz around the office who wanted to schedule a meeting with me to notarize this notary in the office. Yeah. Yeah, That's a great thing for anyone to try and do, especially if you're like at the bottom of a barrel, because then I, I'm talking to managing directors. There's like, I remember being in a room with someone I never, ever thought would acknowledge me because he was one of the top people in the company had been there for 15 years. He actually needed to have a notary sign something for, he was buying an apartment for his son or something like that. And he needed a notary like really quickly, or they were going to lose the deal. So I came in and like saved the day. And from that point forward, he always used me for business and personal things. So then when it came up that my name was up, he's, oh, I know that person I could vouch for her. We have a working relationship to some capacity. That's great. Yeah. And she is there in a pinch. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. I just loved this piece of advice from Gabby that a notary is really a valuable thing that an office needs. I remember at a company that I was at, one woman got notary certified, I guess it's called as well, so people could rely on her to get something notarized in a pinch because it's not always there. And fun little story, I was once in Portland, Oregon, and my car got towed with my dog in it, which is a story for another day. I was... I can't remember the last time I was so pissed, but my dog was in it in the middle of winter. Car got towed. And to get the car back, because it actually wasn't my car, it was my roommate's at the time's car, which is why I had to get it notarized because they were like, you're not even on the deed or the title or anything. So we need to like make sure you didn't steal this car. So anyways, I had to go to a notary to basically say, this is my telling of the story. And then I had to get proof from my roommate that it was his car and have that whole thing notarized by, I guess, somebody that is able to legally bind something. It's a very long roundabout way of saying notaries are oddly important at the strangest times. 
And it's a valuable skill and it doesn't take a lot of time and might not even be a lot of money. So look into it, even if you can get company money to pay for it even better, but boost your value. You got to do those things. And people say, fuck you. You're like, fuck you back. I'm going to make myself bigger and better because that's all. That's the only way to make it. Don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah. It, it really is. You have to get creative. If you want to stay in your nine to five, but you want to move up and you don't have the qualifications to do, you really do have the qualifications. You just have to maybe be creative about it and figure them exactly. out and apply them in the right, in the right spot um, yeah. to the right people. Yeah. yeah. And it's also great to ask people outside of your job, outside of your job, yeah. what your skill sets are, because the one thing, for, okay, from doing podcasting and right, blowing up on social media and all these things is I talk to people all day long about them wanting to quit their job. And the number one, like, I would say like, uh, feedback I get, or like the pushback I get is that, Oh, I'm not qualified. It's always, I don't have the skills. I'm not smart enough. I can't do this. And it's like, hold up. Let's look at your entire background, what you've accomplished. And most of the time when we point at all the skills are like, Oh my God, I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. Oh my God. I never thought about that. It's just flipping the script, flipping the coin and see what like the actual perspective is versus the perspective that corporate forced you to think is cape, like you're capable of doing. Cause mostly they put us in a box based on a role that fits certain criteria. And realistically, we are so multifaceted, powerful humans with so many skills, but because corporate assigned us to this role, we can't see beyond that. And that's not our fault. It's their fault, but it's the reality. God, that's great. Just ask outside perspectives too. somebody you trust, somebody that knows you really well, somebody you worked with. Yeah. Yeah. So for the, the podcast, obviously you got a taste of it with the gentleman that you saw on Craigslist. And you realize that's what you wanted to do. So how did the idea of corporate quitter come along? Why did you decide on trying to get people, not trying to get people, convincing people to pursue other than a nine to five if they want to? Yeah. Part of it started as a, like a passion project. Cause I was kind of like, like, fuck you to the man. Like yeah. I'm going to leave and figure my thing out. And coincidentally at the same time, I was exploring another idea. So at the time I was thinking that I'm going to do this as like a fun, cute hobby as I like figure out my real business idea. And I was running with a different idea called the adulting manual, which was almost like an 11th grade. Cause you know how we go to school to leech, learn fucking chemistry and the Pythagorean theorem, mm-hmm. whatever it said, however it's spelled. But like, I decided to just go ahead and relive some trauma. I don't know if you remember in the, the intro <laughs> to this whole podcast, the very first episode I did mention that I cried over my math homework. So I may or may not have cried after reading this because it just brought up some trauma that I buried deep, deep down there, but it's now resurfaced. But anyways, the Pythagorean theorem, Pythagorean theorem is according to Google, the well-known geometric theorem. Uh, really? Google? Well-known. I guess like everybody knows it, but do they really know it? It's like, it's like saying, you know, your aunt with three cats who is really eccentric, but she like only speaks in riddles. I don't know. Do you really know the Pythagorean theorem. The So it's the sum of squares on the legs of a right triangle is equal to the square on the hypotenuse, which is the side opposite the right triangle. Or it comes in the algebraic expression, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. So that I do pretty much remember. And this was more into like the geometry side, which I liked more. But just in case you all forgot what that, that theorem was, there's there's your reminder and also... I'm sorry if I brought up trauma too. So sorry. We don't know how to do our laundry or do taxes or do the fundamental things that actually make this successful in life. So I was going to bring that to life through the adulting manual, 
But then corporate quitter, I had more fun with it. It was making sense. I didn't need a lot of money to start it. I was just doing it for fun. And because of the funness from it, like it just, people picked up on it. The great resignation started trending. Like it just fell into place. So I actually put that other idea on the back burner and just started running with corporate quitter. And that's like when all the doors started opening. And you love it very obviously. Yes. Oh my God. It's my baby. (laughs) (laughs) What have been uh, some of the like absolute highlights since you've started? You know, that's a funny question because so I have a business coach and she, right. She gives me like homework to do and I have to like send it back to her and she's review it and see if anything like red flags come up. And one of the things that she had me do is looking like doing a reflection over the past couple of months. What are some of the things that you're most proud of? What are the things that you need to work on? What do people say? All that. And when it came to the highlights point, I was very struck by there's a part of me that's almost like this is not there's nothing to be proud of because there's the idea of corporate where like we equate salary, we equate like status, we equate all these things to success. And I'm still in the process of purging the old person that I was being in corporate who associates success with those things. So What I am trying to figure out, but I'm also seeing as like highlights is that every day I get messages from people who are like, you've made a difference. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted to go from a place of like, like profit driven money, disgusting, like type of world to like one of value and impact and like actual fucking difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the fact that I get messages like that all day long is great. I have fun almost every single day when I'm not in my head, when I'm not in my head, every day is fun. But I think the really cool thing is seeing my true self come out. And I know that's so like corny. It is. I was a very different person than I was in corporate. When you look at pictures of me, I had my hair pulled back in a bun. I was wearing all black, like the typical, almost like lawyer look, right? The pearls, Mm -hmm. like the very, I should be 60, but I'm in a 20 year old body type of thing. And it's funny because now like I'm wearing my hair naturally. I barely wear makeup. I wear clothes for comfort, not for like the appeal of what's needed in corporate heels, the skirt, all that. And because of that's allowed me to embrace my personality. And because of that, my personal brand has grown just by me being fucking me. And that's really the key of it all is just, you have to be yourself. Yeah. Do you have a team behind you that's helping run all of this? Slowly. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I have an audio editor. He's the shit. He is like my ride or die. Like he's one of those good ones you find who like takes initiative and is awesome. So I have him, I have worked with virtual assistants, but I've noticed like, I'm too early in the process to have someone do it all. Like I can't, we don't have our processes hundred percent figured out. And if I don't have a process figured out, like they're going to look at me, like, what do I do? And I'm going to, I don't know. So I did have someone work for me for about three months and she was great. She put a lot of foundational pieces in, but from a financial perspective, it's a little much plus again, the process thing. So I'll wait later on to do that. But Tony is my, he's my guy. I love him. I refer him to everyone. I'm yeah, definitely not at the the point where I need help either, but an audio person sounds so nice. Yeah. Like the editing and the audio is the most time consuming part. And I, it is, I very naively didn't realize that until I got into this. I thought the hardest yeah. part would be finding people to interview to be right? honest. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but everybody's so willing to share their story. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of people, the misconception with podcasting is that it's expensive. It's hard. Like it's none of those things, but when it comes down to, it, it's just, you need time. Yeah. Like when it comes to audio editing, it really does take, cause right. You want to make it good because audio quality really matters. And that's why I have the microphone and have evolved over the time with what I've been doing. But I have, I, if I'm being transparent, cause that's what I do with all my shit is that I, so I started this journey with no debt, with the intention of going into debt. That was my intention. I knew that I wasn't going to make a lot of money the first mm-hmm. year. It's starting to pick up traction. So me hiring Tony, I had to dip into like basically credit to, to do this. I had my, mm-hmm. my savings that I was leaning into as a backup if I need to pay minimums, 
but it's been the best money spent because I'm sure the phrase like zone of genius, my zone of genius is doing episodes like this. It's having one-on-ones with people. It's making content. It's doing all these things, but it's not with the two hours that I do for editing. And I do episodes twice a week. So that would be anywhere from four to five hours that I lose that I just, it's so vital for me to have with other people and doing other things than sitting in front of a computer or so. Yeah. An executive decision I had made, but now I'm spoiled. I don't know if I can go back to doing audio editing myself. <laughs> I would probably feel the same way. Your, your website also is amazing. Oh, it's, really? Thank you. It, it just, that. it screams brand and screams. This is exactly um, what you get. And it also is very confidence building. If I were to visit that and say, I really want something different. I think that I would trust you just from your Wow, really? Yeah. I'm very surprised. It's wow. Awesome. I, I felt I knew it was a good website, but right. It's not like mobile up and op- optimized. It's not like uh, there are some like things here and there that I would love to change. Or I see other people's websites that I was like, okay, this is what I want for the future. So it means so much that you said that really. Yeah. Good job on that. It's really yeah. wonderful. Thank you. The advice then for what you have for people, I guess like it probably, it goes pretty deep into if you're really not feeling the corporate world, pinpoint your why and dabble into other things to see really really what you want to do. Like you mentioned before recording that you were getting into SEO and trying to figure it all out. So what advice would you have to people that are in that stage right now where they're like, I don't want this, but I don't know what I want. Yeah. So I think with a lot of things is right. I know we touched on it before, but experimentation really is key because if you've been doing the same thing for so many years, you got the degree, then you went into the job that's synonymous with that degree. Like you don't have anything that's really different. And so how would you, you want, like what you want, if you just, that's all. Yeah. So go outside your comfort zone, reach out to people, see who it is that you admire, whether it's like Gary V or I don't know, Grant Cardone, or I don't even know, like Gab- Gabby Bernstein, like whoever it is, see what those people are doing. And it could be someone small. It doesn't have to be someone big, but just see what it is they're doing, what interests you and then lean into a little bit. And the great thing too, I don't know when this episode is going to air, but like we're in black Friday season where everything in their mother is off like freaking on sale. So highly recommend this is what I did. Go to udemy.com. It's like a website, like a course website. And learn those skills. It's like a dabbling. You're just dabbling. And again, they're on sale. So it's 10 bucks. That's not even a full lunch. Like that's like half of a lunch you would pay for during go dabble in like social media stuff. Like maybe you want to learn real estate investing. And the really cool thing is that so many things you think are complex or not, and they're very easy to do and they don't cost a lot of money. So you just want to get started and see what starts to that feeling of, Ooh, this feels good. Or this is cool. Or this starts to bubble up because obviously you want to lead You want to follow the breadcrumbs of what excites you to get away from what you're doing right now, which doesn't excite you, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really good advice because this is going to air on Thanksgiving. Wow, perfect. like perfect for the Black Friday shopping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no better time than, might as well take advantage of it. I do that with everything. But um, another thing to touch on too is, maybe it's a little bold to say, but I'm just, I want to tell people to give them permission to be brave because like, what I found has made the difference with me with, cause I've tried this many times, as I said before, I failed in real estate before, like I've lost the apartment. I've also had many quote unquote side hustles that I've done for a month and then didn't nothing happen, maybe two months and didn't like, it. and that's a normal process of experimentation. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the biggest reason why I've made it like, other than me being purposeful and, and like really liking what I'm doing and, and what I'm doing now is that I put myself on a stage from the very beginning of, hey, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to try it. And I'm giving the entire world the front row seat of my either wins or my losses. And everyone's been watching. And because they're watching, right, I'm posting on social. I'm doing the TikToks, right? I'm doing the things that uh, freaking five months ago I would have been shitting my pants about has been the thing that has made the difference because 
it forces me to show the fuck up when I don't want to. And that's the hardest thing is showing up when you're tired, showing up when you don't see the perceived outcomes, showing up when the timeline that you have for yourself that you've imposed that is so unlikely, but we say, okay, I'm going to do this in a month. And realistically, it takes a year will continue to help us push forward because we have eyes on us. Yeah. And it's all about consistency. Just it is. keep doing That's it. literally the only thing. The, if you look at all the people who have done great things in this world, it's not skill. Yeah. It's not anything but consistency. Anyone can learn something. It's yeah, not skill. The world is full of skilled people. Yeah. It's the people that keep on doing it even when they're failing. Yep. Exactly. Cannot stress enough just how important consistency is. Keep getting up. Keep doing the thing. Even if you don't get the numbers that you're looking for immediately, even if you don't get the outcome that you're looking for immediately, just keep doing it. Keep driving, driving after it. If it fuels you, keep getting up, keep doing it. I, I promise that the consistency really will, it'll outweigh everything. And persistence. If you get no for an answer, keep trying. Consistency and persistence will get you so far. Also, a little note on the dabbling and kind of maybe if you're not sure what you're what you want to go for in terms of like a new career or like a new passion or new hobby we do have a lot of time coming up a lot of us for the holidays so if you don't feel completely burned out please take a rest if you do but if you don't feel completely burned out from the year that was 2020 um and 2021 jesus then go and try to pursue a new hobby take an online course there's a lot of free ones. You can learn a lot of really cool things, but consistency, persistence, keep learning. That. Yeah, that's amazing. So who is a good fit for corporate quitter? Who do you take on? I don't want to say who's qualified because that's, <laughs> that's against the meaning of this and my <laughs> beliefs, but who do you take on? My world, my rules. Yeah, so I would say people who... They've either made the leap because I think the, the hard thing when I take on people who haven't made the full commitment is they're concerned about money. And like, I'm not a money expert. And I know that's a big financial burden for a lot of people is mm -hmm. how do I pay the bills? If you're looking for someone to help you with budgeting and stuff, I can definitely guide you. I did an automated budget to help me pay off my loans and stuff before I did this. But it's really for the people who have already made the decision to take a leap, whether it's they put their two week notice in, they started the side hustle, or they're actually on their own now. And they're kind of like, okay, I left. And now what? Oh, they made the jump. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you do interview people I saw that are financial experts and that will cover all of those bases. Is that right for the podcast so that they have those resources? Yeah. So the great thing of the podcast, I cover like a myriad of topics, everything from finance to like literally building a business, real estate. I'm trying to get more lucrative things on there, like OnlyFans and like crypto and NFTs. Yeah. I just want to, I want to, because the thing is like, guys, you could do whatever the fuck you want. Like that you think you're limited. No, like you do not need to be a social media person. You do not need to be a virtual assistant. You can do literally so much. And the great thing is it does not cost a lot. Did you know yeah. for rental properties, you only need 3% down. That's it. 3% down. That's little, or sometimes not even that. I actually have someone coming on my show. Well, we already recorded, but that's episodes being released in December. And he spills all the secrets on like how to get it like sooner than you think. And it's not oh, even complex, amazing. dude. And you're thinking you need to be this fancy investor with millions of dollars. No. And eyes everywhere. And somebody standing and waiting with like your money in line. Yeah. At, when the door basically. opens. Yeah. Yeah. He wow. just, it's so cool. And he's like around our age. I think he's 27. So he started this when he was like, I don't know, 21. Like he started doing research, pulled the trigger at 25. And he's just like an average person. His parents weren't entrepreneurs, didn't have a spoon to feed. Like 
the silver spoon and yet he did it. So it's you can literally do whatever the fuck you want. This is the age we live in. It's Seriously. a beautiful time. Yeah. And you can, like I'm in my early thirties, but really any age, like yeah. just do whatever the hell you want. And it doesn't even have to be a jump out of a career if you're not ready. Yeah, but exactly. If you are ready, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Truly like it'll work out and you can always yeah. go back. You can always oh, go back great to the thing. career. Yeah. So there's someone had told me a really great analogy. I don't know if you've heard of it. The one-way door versus the revolving door. Mm. So I think it's an Amazon thing, but like a one-way door is essentially once you go through, you can't go back. So right. If you end a serious relationship, maybe someone cheats or whatever it is, like it's very difficult to go back to the relationship from a clean slate, right? Start over. Probably not going to happen. One-way door. Yeah. But a revolving door is one that you can go in and then return to. So if you leave a job, especially on a good note, you don't want to burn bridges guys in any capacity. You need those connections long-term. But if you go out, you could probably get a job either at the same company or one similar or in a different, like you will be able to get a job. I fucking swear to you. So if shit hits the fan, you don't like being an entrepreneur, which Mary Mel be the case. You can just go get another job. Totally fine. Yeah. And it's, especially in a really small town, like New York, it's like people talk, (laughs) everybody knows each other. Even if you didn't think there could be like the five degrees of separation of Kevin Bacon, but they still know each other. Dude, it's so cool how like people know these crazy people who knows this person. Like I got actually got on the phone with someone found me on TikTok and I was doing like a free session, like a coaching session with her just to get to know her and see if it was a good fit. It ended up not being a good fit. She's in a higher price point than like she wanted to make a lot more than I could probably help her with Mm. achieving, which is a good thing for me to level up and figure out how to serve that person. Yeah. But she was like, she knows like the Kardashians and I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. Like literally close. And I was like, I wish I could serve you, but that would be terrible of me. But if I imagine if I made a difference, I would probably be fucking getting like into that circle, which is like wild. That's, and then you yeah, do the internet, the, the fucking internet, TikTok, Jesus. It's like crazy. I know. I know every day I wake up and I'm like, should I start a TikTok? Uh, a thousand percent. Yes, you should do it yesterday. <laughs> okay. Listen, I know it's like. Everyone jokes it's for like young kids. Mm -hmm. We're too old for this. And I'm 28. So I'm still like in that young bracket. Mm -hmm. But still, even for me, there's times where I'm like, oh, I I don't know if I should be on this. But at the same time, like it is doing tremendous things for my business. It's what's gotten us to grow so quickly. It's where I get most of my leads. Um, It's just, yeah, it's a magnet. It's a great, okay. The thing with TikTok is because it's so new, it, it generates organic searches, like organic reach versus like, what Instagram is becoming, what Facebook is becoming, where you need to be like basically the like the top dog, right? The person with all the followers, maybe the paid ads with all this shit to be seen. Because yeah. the algorithm is essentially, let's say if you have a thousand followers, only 300 people are actually going to see what you posted, about yeah. 30%. That's not cool. Whereas with TikTok, it's more likely that almost all of your followers will see your stuff at some point. Raise your hand if you want to help this grandma make a TikTok. Yeah. Which is a huge deal. Also, what you're saying is get in now while it is still fresh. Yeah. Because yes, it is going down. But if you look like Facebook is now becoming like Facebook, no one really wants to go on. It's clunky. Instagram is becoming that. So I think TikTok is really the new thing, especially with video. But and then there's going to be other things. So you just rule of thumb, just pivot. Keep pivoting. Try, try. Yes. Try different things. Just be in different places. Repurpose the same content. Oh, yeah. That would because that takes the workout. Yeah. Okay. So you post a video on TikTok. There's a website called Musical Down. You literally post the cut, like the actual URL into that. It will download it without the watermark. And then you post it on Reels on Instagram and then post it on Pinterest, like idea pins. Oh, three trifecta to fucking. Yes. Okay. Easy. Game changer. Dude, a 30 second video on one platform. 
you hit it on three different avenues. It's three different streams of traffic, three different hashtags, three different algorithms. So it's like, does it do metric tracking too for Um, the traffic or do you have to do another? So you could, so essentially you could, you could, if you have Google analytics set on your, Mm -hmm. up on your webpage, you could essentially find out where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not a Google analytics genius. I look at it for shits and giggles. How many people have you had my page? But I don't actually know how to decipher it, but there is a way to put things in place where you can like, like, for example, Pinterest has something called, I think an API key, which is again, tag. It's like some coding that you basically post into the header of your website and it will track data. So there are ways to pull things in certain scenarios and link things, uh, whether yeah. it's Linktree or a website, but it's so cool. Like just triple the power with like half the effort, right? just work smarter, not harder. No kidding. I spent a good bit of time in the SEM, SEO world, in the corporate world, and mm-hmm. there's just so much to learn, but that was also years ago. So yeah, I can only imagine how much more efficient it is now. Yeah. 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 There's pretty a lot cool. of manual work. It's, I know people who are like really like multiple six figure bloggers who they basically, they, they have this whole SEO system. They swear by that's why, how they had the success and why they were able to score so high in Google is solely because of SEO, not because they have good content. Cause right. The rule of thumb is you can have a great product, but if no one knows it exists, it's bullshit. But, so it's really yeah. the best marketing that sells. So in this case, the highest SEO result. Absolutely. Damn. Crazy, crazy. Okay. I have yeah. a, a rabbit Sorry, hole to go tangent. down <laughs> after this call. No, this is great. It's great for people too, that if they, if they want to start exploring something new and they really want to test the water, you can test it with a real audience that way too. Oh yeah. You can see yeah. if people like what you're doing. Yeah. That kind of feedback is really helpful. Great. So we did talk a little bit about why you were not excited to go into your corporate job and it was literally like going into a church as the devil or something weird, but it's like, you just cannot do it or you will go, you will blow up into flames. So what's exciting about going to work for you now? Like what just gets you out of bed? Is it the helping people? Is it paving your own way? What is it? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's, well, okay. Honestly, I don't really know the way to describe the actual feeling associated with it because it is such a culmination of things. Like it's the excitement I get from helping people. It's the excitement that I get to choose my day. I get to basically yeah. choose my own adventure for the day versus someone telling me what it is I have to do when I have to do it in the way in which I have to do it. Whereas today I wore leggings today and a sweatshirt. I did my hair, but I also slept until eight. So that usually wouldn't fly with other people. I take naps during the day when I feel like it. And then there are some days that are productive. So it's, I, I think it's just right helping people, but then I get to set the stage and do whatever it is that I really fucking want, honestly. And that's so empowering. I love it. Love it. So then what would you say makes you qualify? Now, <laughs> when I started, you're not really qualified. Like, who am I to be a podcaster? But I would just say that because I have the traction that I do, the reach that I do, like at this point, because of the TikTok, because of the SEO, because of all these different things and right, just showing up consistently since day one, we, when we first started, I maybe have a couple people listen to it. Like it was like comical. Okay. This is great. What is this girl doing now? It took about three months like of maybe consistent growth, but it's so slow to hit our first thousand downloads. It took me three months. And then by the, that, I literally, the night that I hit the thousand downloads, a vi- a, a, basically a TikTok went viral and I gained 2000 oh. downloads within a couple of days. It was like nuts. Like I was getting messages, like things were blowing up. So now at that point, right, I 
have cracked the code. I know how to do the like whole viral thing. I know how to market my business. I know how to speak in a way that makes sense for my brand, which is basically embracing authentic, which is great just in general. But the really cool thing is right now I could say I'm qualified, right? Because I've, I've hit the multiple, like I think we're up to 12 or 13,000 downloads. We have listeners in 50 countries. Like people are actually paying me for things, which I never thought in a million years I was not qualified oh to get God. because yeah. I thought this whole time that I was just some teacher who thought they were hot shit with nothing to actually give to this world. And yet here I am like constantly proving every single day that someone like me can create the brand, can create the the content, can show up as a podcaster, even when I don't feel like an expert and become one. That kind of growth happened in less than a year. Dude, it's crazy. Like literally like a couple months, six months, maybe seven months, which is insane. What a whirlwind. I can't yeah. believe that you do have time to nap. It's not as crazy as you. There are moments where it's like, holy crap. Like my day is completely packed. Like sometimes yeah. I have three recordings and client calls and all this stuff, but I'd be lying if I said it, I have it all figured out. I don't, we are not in profit mode. We are still building, right? I'm still in debt. I'm still, I'm making money, but it's not at a place to replace my six figure income at my cushy fucking job in New York city but I'm going to get there. I will. It's just, but it's standard in business and people don't really talk about that. I'll make six figures in two months. And I'm like, no bitch, that's nice, but that's so unrealistic for people. And so part of my messaging is to like, not do the BS. Like we are very real. I'm sharing everything. Everyone knows how much debt I'm in. Everyone knows what I'm spending on my shit. I, it's about fucking time. Like I hate all this crap of like, you can't, you can't tell me what your salary is taboo. No, we're not doing that in this new era, this new generation. We're doing different things. Yeah. It's transparency and it's, it's really only putting into work with shit you care about. Yes, exactly. And I love that movement. Yeah. Love it. So what keeps you sane? What are your hobbies? It's funny because it used to just be my thing to keep me sane and now it's become a fun hobby, but I actually yeah. journal. So like when I was a nanny, I had a lot of time, a lot of fucking time. I had a lot of <laughs> cute boys in the city that I was in, newly moved into to fucking reminisce about and like, whoa, it's me. And like, it just wanted to be mine. And so of course, naturally I like take to a journal to spew out my like heart's desires and all this horseshit. I will love you my whole life. You and no other. But then I came to a point where I like actually started to love it because I'd write goals down. And then all of a sudden, like, a couple months later, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, that happened. Oh, God. Ways to like let the um, creative juices flow, like the, what do they call it? The like stream of consciousness where I get ideas or I just get excitement or like things to share that it's really close to me. I don't want to share with anyone, but it's for my eyes only. But it's one of my favorite things to do. I love write, like writing and reading. Like what else do we do? Obviously TikTok and binging Netflix on occasion. Like got into Squid Games, finished that really quickly. Oh like, yeah, you know? that was a quick finish for, for me too. Yeah. What good. a trip. Yeah, really good. Really fucked up, but really good. Oh yeah. But it's funny that you like ask what I do for my, like for fun and for sanity, because the crazy thing is I really do love what I do. So every yeah. single day it's, I actually enjoy talking to people. I love doing recordings. I love creating content. It's one of my favorite things, but I'm also, because I write, I had to let go of my old corporate version of me who like enjoyed doing certain things that actually don't align with this new version of me. I'm having to rediscover things that are like just more fun in this instance. So I'm rediscovering what it's like to paint without feeling like I have to be an artist and sell it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like doing hobbies, not for money, doing hobbies because I purely want to try something new. There's this whole, I'm sure you've seen it too, this whole trend where people are making rugs. Not that I want to buy the equipment, but I definitely want to go check it out. Trying ceramics, going on hikes, going on bike rides. Like I just want to be in this place of enjoying today and everything that's around me versus waiting for that day to come, which was like the never ending cycle in corporate. Like one day, one day, one day. One day. No, oh, we're doing man. it today. 
that could not be more true. And that is another huge piece of all of this is you don't have to wait to be happy. I know, but it's so, I know it is how we're conditioned, but that job that you really want is not going to be the magic dose of happiness. It's not, you have to figure it out and pursue it every day, but be happy today, right? Take the bike ride go paint. I don't know about making a rug, maybe make banana bread, (laughs) you know, go back to pre-pandemic, just new pandemic banana bread baking. But yeah. But yeah, again, those things that like, even for example, I used to save my like best clothes or my best shoes or like my best earrings or my best markers for those special moments. But then the special moments came and went and I didn't recognize them as special until they were already gone. Mm -hmm. So you have to utilize what you already have and like make use of the, if it's shoes, use it or use it today, but just in general, like you're not getting any younger. Things are just going to progress more quickly. And that's why I'm always like, quit your job. Cause like you literally like, you're going to do the, the next, the same thing for the next 40 years, or you're going to actually change something. Cause you're not going to die. I promise you. You're not going to die. People are all around you to support you, feed you, help you if you need. Yeah. But if you want to get to a place quicker where you're in self-acceptance and love and like actually enjoying your day, you have to do something now. Like you have to change something, even if it's small. You absolutely do. And I'm just so impressed that you're just, you're doing it all. And (laughs) you are in a cutthroat city like New York. I've never been to New York, but I've heard about the, it's like also like a level of creativity there that you don't find anywhere else. So I could imagine it fueled, like it it doesn't fuel wanting to go out on your own and pave a path or really like you're in finance or you're nobody. No, it's definitely the cool thing is that, right. You have like different avenues in New York. I think there's like the typical Wall Street. Everyone associates Mm -hmm. like banking and all that stuff with New York. But then there's the cool stuff like fashion. And then you have Brooklyn, like Williamsburg. You got the hippies and you got people who are like super zen. And that's a whole nother breed of creative, really unique human. Um, And it's really cool. The different districts or different areas of Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, all these places, people are so different and they do so many different things. So yes, it's inspiring, but what I actually found energetically that was that the city as exciting and fun as it is, it's actually very overwhelming. And it's to the Mm -hmm. point that you always feel like you have to overperform because you are such a small fish in a big sea that unless you are super big and super creative and super amazing, like you're left to, to not be non-existent. And so that puts an immense amount of pressure for you to just create the amazing book and gets basically, it prevents you from actually starting something because you don't think you're good enough because you haven't reached the, the having this amazing business that gets on like NBC and featured in the news and millionaire and all this stuff. And that dissuades us from even getting started. So actually what actually like, I just repeated myself, what actually changed and moved the needle for me from going to a place of fear and not actually pushing forward or sharing with the world was actually leaving the city. So I'm in the suburbs now. It really has made a difference. I don't think I'll ever go back to New York for that reason alone, but I will visit on occasion for the fun and like inspiration. I can't imagine a night out in New York would be really fun. Like you'd want to go back. It's it. Well, so I'm over that part, but yes, when I was younger, (laughs) yeah, I did a lot of vomiting in subways. I did the whole like walking barefoot at the end of the night, like five, like I've done the whole thing where I would work my nanny job from 7 a.m. to whatever, 6 p.m. I would go home, quickly get ready, hop on the train, go get into the city, whatever, around like 8 p.m., eat dinner with friends, then go to bar hopping and then go to the clubs. And I'd be basically out until, I don't know, I'd be roaming the streets of Manhattan at four in the morning, Holy only shit, to like Gabby. go back, no. take a shower and nap for 30 minutes. Yeah. So that was like a, oh a bit God. of a phase for me in a little bit, but that's just the New York way. I got very, I got old very quickly. Let me tell oh, you, that yeah. was like a six month thing. And I was like, no, this is, we're not doing any of this, but a lot of cool shit. A lot of cool shit did happen. Okay. So you've never been to New York, but no, 
there's Washington Square Park, which is like an iconic park where you have this giant fountain and this like whole structure and whatever else is pretty big. I remember walking through there at four in the morning, like again, right? I was out drinking, exploring, doing stuff. And I'm like a little girl. I'm 411. I'm a tiny girl in the middle of I know. Of this I podcast. actually wrote that down and I was looking for a way to add that in the, the 411 powerhouse. But yeah. So, right. Like I'm at this like tiny little human that looks like a child roaming the streets of Manhattan in the middle of the night. Not the safest thing. But of course, I just was like, I'm going to do it because like, YOLO. So of course I'm like wandering through Washington square park, it's lit up. I want to be in a safe area or the safest I can be in. And I come across this guy who shit you not. He put up an entire projector in the middle of this park. He like, I don't know how many extension cords to like some building. And he was playing Nintendo, like Mario Kart blown up on this projector with a mob of people and his dog. And I was like, I would never fucking see this on a normal day. Like, this is just oh a my normal, God. New York thing. So of course I'm like, oh, I want to play too. So I was out there until, I don't know, five in the morning. On a work day, how to go nanny after that to go hang out with these random people that I never had. I've never met in my entire life and yet spend like basically half the night with them. And right. We got to know each other, never saw them again. But that's just that's what happens in New York, like shit like that. And then you make friends, random friends for the night. And then you're like, okay, maybe I'll pass you in the street. Maybe not. Goodbye. But cool. God, do you remember when we could just get half an hour of sleep and be fine? Like I miss that. So I'm done. I actually don't drink anymore for that reason. I'll have like, if I go to a wedding, maybe I'll have a drink or something or like a celebration. But I had, a, when I started this whole journey, I, cause right balls to the walls. I'm like, I have nothing to lose and I have to put everything into this or it's not going to work. I got off the pill and I also got rid of alcohol and I like completely changed my diet. We're all or nothing, right? This is the time to be an optimal performance. And it sucks not being able to go out dr- drinking sometimes and being silly and all that. But I gained back so much time, like so much time. I don't feel like shit. You know how it is too. I get three day hangovers now. Oh, 100%. Not, not cool. Yeah. Not cool. And that started literally the day I turned 30. I was like, uh, I woke up with like back knee and a hangover that lasted for three days. And I was like, oh, I want my money back. Yeah. I don't right? want to be 30. Yeah. And it's the funny thing too, is it's not, it's like a drink, like literally a drink puts me on my ass for days yeah. and my skin's broken out. I'm puffy. I feel like shit. I'm a cranky bitch. And I just, it's for me to waste three days, especially when you're in entrepreneur mode, like every second counts. And yeah. so I just, and I have to be on camera. This is not a place for me to look like a hot mess. And like the cool thing that I'm learning is that a lot of people who do well, like Gabby Bernstein, for example, I think there's a couple other people that I can't remember. They actually got rid of alcohol too. Mm-hmm. And they claim that to be one of their biggest reasons of success is because they don't have anything that is numbing both the good and the bad. Cause we usually use it as a numbing agent, whether we mm-hmm. want to admit it or not. But when you numb the bad, you also numb the good. And if you're numbing the good, then right leads to the bad, which maybe doesn't put you in a good place to be in with. And then it, it impacts your quality of sleep and that oh, just nice it, fucking spiral this is with everything <laughs> cognitive. Absolutely. I can't recall anything from five minutes ago. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty yeah. awful. Yeah. I left that bit in as a, a warning for all of you youngins out there that it's coming. It's coming those nights of no sleep because you had one too many beers and one too many meant two beers, but it's coming. And it's just kind of a fun piece of getting older. I mean, I'm not that old. Gabby was 28, is 28. I'm, I'm 33. It's not that bad, really. Like I could still have a couple glasses of wine and feel fine, but it's just nothing like you're 24 or 25. So if you're listening to this and you're 24 or 25, this is a really random bit of this whole interview, but just embrace it if you can party a little harder now because it's not going to be that way forever. You too are going to wake up with an achy knee and a bruise that you don't know where it came from on both of your legs and you might not be able to walk very well and your back is going to hurt 
all the time. Welcome. So where can people find you? Yeah. So you can go to corporatequitter.com. You can find stuff about the podcast, more about me. If you want to find me on social, I'm on TikTok at corporate quitter on Instagram at the corporate quitter. And then of course, LinkedIn, if you want to connect that way professionally, just it's Gabby Ionello, which it's a bit of a mouthful, but I'm sure it'll be in the bio or something. You can yeah. spell it out, but um, yeah. Yeah. So you can go ahead and just um, find me on there, connect. Let me know if this helped. I hope it did. And yeah. Oh yeah. I can't imagine it didn't because you are you're just like walking example, 411 walking example of <laughs> just doing the thing. So should everybody quit their job tomorrow? See, I like risk <laughs> on Black so Friday. I would say fuck yeah. Like <laughs> I, I just life is too damn short, guys. Like yeah. make it work. There's a creative solution. Move back with your parents. Take it alone. Like, do whatever the fuck you need to do. Like the pain you're gonna experience from not being sure about yourself is gonna be temporary. Like you're gonna figure it out because you always fucking do. You always do. And you have a support system, even if you don't realize it right away. They're there. Yep. Yeah. And don't burn bridges. Quit with good, quit with two weeks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So quit two weeks away from Black Friday. But okay. Thank you so much for your time, Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Oh, God. Gabby is so cool. I hope that you learned something. And most of all, I really hope that you took away action plan, maybe even from this, that you can do whatever the hell you want. Please just do it. If you want to become an entrepreneur and you're a little bit scared of where to start, there's tons of resources out there. It's truly just Google it. You can even get in touch with Gabby or look at Corporate Quitter and see if there's any interest there to um, get taken under her wing. I'll link the website there in the show notes. But she's an amazing resource and she has a plethora of knowledge. Obviously, as you heard, she's been through the ringer of failure and she's come out on top every time. She's a great person to learn from. And where can you find me? So I'm on Instagram at YNQPod. That's Y-N as in Nancy, Q-Pod on Instagram. And then also I have a website, You're Not Qualified Podcast. Com. And you can email me if you would like, and that is ynqpod, just like the Instagram handle. So yn as in Nancy, qpod at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, especially if you think that either yourself or somebody you know would be a really good guest for this show. Also, if you have any questions about entrepreneurship or anything like that. I kind of want to gauge interest, even though I have, you know, super small listener base right now. But as this grows, gauge interest in asking questions before and kind of how to field that. Um, so starting to understand if, if there's even like a desire to actually have your questions answered. And begrudgingly, I think that I might actually have to create maybe a TikTok. I just... I kind of have been trying to avoid having to do that in general, but if it's if it's a good way to market and get out there, I will. Uh, you know what? I'm going to reflect on it, and I will probably do it, but I will then have the link for the TikTok as well here in the show notes. But for now, just those places, and I'll also link Gabby's information to get in touch with her. Thank you for listening, especially on a holiday weekend, assuming that it's your holiday weekend. And I do hope that you enjoy your time off or your time working if you have to work. But I hope people are kind to you and they tip well if you get tips. And just a little bit of trivia for you for the end here. 
So because Gabby mentioned the pop-up of that guy playing Mario Kart out in a, a random park in New York with his dog, and there was just tons of people around him, I was really curious if that's just something that happens in New York. I've never been to New York, like as I said in the episode, but it seems like a city, if that were to happen from the movies I've seen, it would be happening in New York, like these pop-ups everywhere. And apparently, just looking it up, there's tons of outdoor movies almost all the time in like lots of parks. There's, you know, like the top 20 spots in New York City to catch an outdoor movie and just pictures upon pictures of people with their big blow up screens. So if you ever want to travel and go to an outdoor movie, a lot of outdoor movies, I think New York might just be the place to go. But yeah, put that on your list. Go do that thing. And I will see you next Thursday. Bye.